welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, along with my partners in crime, Stephen Nover and Vegas Runner. Guys, how you doing this week? Hey, Marco. Uh, never better, but uh, you could have at least uh, went ahead and introduced me as the number one Major League Baseball money winner at the Sports Monitor. Ding, 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 ding. I cashed my first ticket. I Vegas did move the over-under to 1 minute and 30 seconds, Stephen. You thought, you thought the line move was a little bit too steep. I still come in on the under. In case you didn't check your email, because Ruth yeah. just sent them out this morning. Well, I, well, I, got, I, actually, I actually got it I yesterday. Sit at the, I sit at my yeah. desk with a fork and a knife <laughs> like I'm waiting for supper. Yeah. Well, I also want to mention that <laughs> in addition to your success, VR, which I congratulate you, you're also very Natalie attired with a specialized shirt that has Vegas Runner on it. Uh, yeah, actually. It's not Vegas Runner. It's a boutique T-shirts of Vegas royalty, but it has the VR emblem, and uh, yeah, I well, like it. I, I, we might have to send them out to, to some of my guys. You know, that, that's a, that's a great poker shirt. You know, you ought to come out and play sometime. You know, there there was a challenge <laughs> issued uh, last week, and uh, just to let the uh, podcast listeners know that Stephen and myself, you know, issued a challenge, and I, you know, I guess. He was home reading his press clippings of his number one <laughs> ranking in baseball, and that he was too busy to come out and Handicapping play. Handicapping the next day's games yeah, okay. already. But you know, the challenge has been issued. It's Thursday at the M. I'm there. I'm you, there tomorrow. There. I'm there. Yeah, I fell it, asleep. Honestly, I wanted to go, and my wife even got on my case because I'm always uh, bitching that I don't do and I don't go out enough. You know, it's always like the only time I'm at the strip is to work for the, during the day yeah. to put my card together other than that i don't go out and i'm always complaining and there it was you guys playing poker and i didn't go i'm gonna go tomorrow though and i'm using thursday night's uh tournament as a tune-up uh, <laughs> that's gonna be for friday uh, last shot of uh, satelliting into the main events so i'll be playing friday i'm gonna come too, marco uh, friday. friday it is friday i'm gonna go over at uh, three o'clock at uh the, how the much Rio. is it 550 it's 550 i'm for the down satellite. i'm down so let's move on into this week's action. And uh, hey, guys, you know, interleague play is officially over. And, you know, Stephen, I got, you know, we gave all the props to VR. You know, we had to widen the door to get him into the podcast room. <laughs> you know, we had to slide his head in sideways. It was a little big with his number one ranking. And that's great. You know, no, it, it's humble, all good. I'm humble. You, you know, know I love you, boy. You know, you're, you're my brother. But, you know, we got a guy here sitting here next to you, Stephen Nover. Do you remember when we did the first podcast on the first weekend uh, VR of uh, interleague play? Yes. And there was a guy who says, my tip to you is don't, don't follow me. Don't, don't follow me in interleague me play. If you see me put out a yeah. bet. I suck at interleague play. You know, I think he was doing the old reverse jinx because you kicked some serious butt, it. my man, yeah. in, in the interleague action. I, I, I just think it was the law of averages <laughs> catching up because the previous two years I'd done not very well, well on true, interleague. Because you're a winning handicapper, you know, over the long run, that would make sense that if, if well, you didn't it's beat a different, it the first time around, you'll beat it next. It's a different type of handicap, at least it was for it me is, with the interleague. But 
Uh, Marco was going to elaborate on this game a little later on on, on the podcast, but yeah. maybe after watching that Red Sox game last night, we should go back to interleague play. <laughs> Absolutely, but congratulations on your great run in in the interleague play. What did you you were like on a? Um, I uh, I was on like a uh, nineteen and five run. Uh, did not have a good night last night, but, but uh, hey, we'll, you know, coming out of interleague on on a run like that, you know, kudos to you. And I actually feel like the you know the ugly redheaded stepchild here on the, on the panel. You're kicking I'll, ass though too. I'll, 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 but you know it, it got dwarfed by you two guys. I, I went 14 and six that, last that's week. That's a good and, thing, man. You know, Honestly, it, there, nothing is is better than when uh, a lot of handicappers are winning. You know that that tells you how it shows you how beatable these lines are when when a, a group of of good betters are, are seeing it clearly. Yeah, look, look, Albert Pujols. Other people can get some RBIs <laughs> once in a while too. You know that's uh, no. But, I'm just saying it, it, it. It's great, especially when when it's all at the same site because you know then you know all the guys in the forum that you talk to every day. You know they're winning because no matter who they're following, they're ab- taking absolutely. the books money. You know? we've said it on several different podcasts. Baseball is probably the least popular sport among the public. Yeah, I but love it. Anybody you talk to, you know, in Vegas, I mean, guys in the know, they're going to tell you yeah. the sharpest betters out there are baseball betters. Yeah. And, and, and that's the sport that you can beat because you aren't dealing with a point spread. You just got to pick the straight up winner. And, you know, you got to, you know, deal the money line, but the sharps know the value. And, you know, we can take advantage of this. And, you know, our cappers are doing so. And, you know, I'm proud to be a part of the guys we have at pregame but that's enough of us patting ourselves on the back because i'm sure as the podcast progresses vr will dislocate his right shoulder patting himself on the back no, the rest and, of the way and every every bookmaker will tell you back in the day when i booked in philly um we didn't even take baseball the first half we would just from when preseason football started start taking it you didn't even want uh, baseball action, especially back in the day, the only people betting baseball were, the were sharps. sharps. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, and if Vegas had their way, they wouldn't have booked it either. And even when I first came out here and I was moving steam, none of these books were happy during the summer because not enough public action to offset what we were taking them. But when I would speak to the bookmakers and ask them, you know, why won't you lower the limits even more or, or keep a 20 cent line and, and push us away? And, and they said, it's worth us to take the small loss to keep business till the fall gets here, you know, then to, you know, deter action and volume from the sports book. But now I think as a bookies, they're doing better because baseball's getting bigger. More public betters are getting into baseball. Well, well, n- not this year, VR, uh, at least in my opinion. I think the bookmakers are really waiting for football to get started. Yeah. The, the problem is no one can fund their offshore accounts. Uh, you got to jump through hoops to do it, and, and they'll do it for football, but they're not going to do it for baseball. And so what you're getting in, in baseball, uh, uh, not so much in Las Vegas, but at least uh, – Offshore is wise guy money. Yeah. The wise guys are the only ones, you know, really playing offshore, and, and they're playing at a lot of credit places, and and that's what it's really come down to. So it's it's resulted in, in sharper lines most of the time. Absolutely. Well, guys, moving into this first segment on baseball, as we said, interleague play is over, and for the sixth straight year, the American League, you know, kicked the National Dominated. League's butts again. 
the final numbers were 137 wins to 114 is the American League continues to dominate the National League. And uh, I'm going to pose the question to you guys before we get started here. What do you take from the American League dominance in interleague play? Do you look for value now as we go into the second half of the season with some future bets? Um, you know, clearly the the stone cold favorite in the National League is the L.A. Dodgers. You know, if you you know the Dodgers are the favorite uh, to win you know the World Series in that. But if you look at the American League and say I'm going to look for value, the the shortest price in the American League is the Red Sox at nine to two right mm-hmm. now, and I'm I'm quoting odds from uh, Bodog, and you can check out all the different uh, offshore sports books at pregame action and that. But uh, these lines that I'm going to be quoting today are from Bodog. They've got Boston at nine to two to win the World Series, and I think a very intriguing long shot. Um, the LA Angels. Uh, you know, appear to be putting things together. You know, they had the tragedy at the beginning of the season uh, with the death of the pitcher, and, you know, they've taken over first place, you know, in the battle with Texas. We've talked many times about Texas that, you know, they've been a surprise team this year. We knew they could hit, but nobody expected them to get the pitching that they were getting, and the pitching's been faltering a little bit recently, and the cream's starting to rise to the crop top excuse me the angels to me are an intriguing bet at nine to one for a future bet what do you guys think i i think because i I see them winning that division i just don't think texas has what it takes to to beat them over the long stretch of the season especially as the angels start to get healthy um and their ability to win on the road, which Texas has shown us they just can't do. They're not even at 500. Um, so I think that's going to be the difference maker. The only uh, uh, problem I see with, with Benton, anyone other than Boston, is I really do believe Boston is the clear-cut favorite. Um, and it, if you could get 5-1 to one on them, I think that's good value. I just think their pitching staff is too strong for that American League. And to be honest with you, that's the only place I would look, though. I would either look to Los Angeles or try to find someone in the Central because in the seven-game series, you don't know what's going to happen. And between now and the end of the year, you don't know if them pitchers are going to stay healthy. So, obviously, yeah, I think there is value in looking at a Los Angeles, looking at a Detroit, you know, or even a Minnesota who might come out of that um in the American League. In the National League, I just think it's the Dodgers. They're the clear-cut favorite, okay. and they should be. My thought is to bet the only two teams that I think are in the American League that have a chance. Yeah. You bet Boston, you make a, a bigger future wager on Boston, and then you make a, a you know a half-size bet on the LA Angels, and I think you're going to end up with those two teams in, yeah. in the AL Championship Series, and either way you come out of that series, you're going to have a nice price going into the World Series against the Dodgers, and if something happens and the Dodgers falter, you got a nice future bet with one of those two teams that would end up becoming the favorite against basically any other national league team. I agree. I think by doing that, you have the, the, the best pitching staff, and then you got one of the best offensive teams because the Angels are going to get do it with offense. That's what they've done it with so far this year, where Boston's going to get there also with pitching. So you got the best of both worlds. I think that's a good bet. What do you think, Steve? Um, interesting theory, Marco. Um, I think really the only teams that could beat you if you go a Boston Angels is the Yankees and the Rays. I don't see anybody in the uh, AL Central capable of, of reaching the World Series. So you're looking at either the Yankees and the Rays, two teams with flaws 
cause. Uh, Rays have still, they're under 500 on the road. They, they have trouble with left-handers. Uh, Yankees, you know, they need somebody, Wang, to get right or something. They need more pitching help. And uh, those are really the only two teams that I could see posing a problem. I, the Yankees don't, for the long haul, the Yankees don't scare me because I, I, I think the pitching is going to come back and, and bite them. Yeah. Uh, in the playoffs, we've seen that. Especially, you got to remember, in the, in the cold of winter, where, where offensive production's a lot tougher and you have to be able to win two to one. You know, the Rays is the team that I, I had on my notes that I wanted to talk about today is, you know, they've got themselves back into it. Now, is this a situation that they beat up on some interleague teams where the AL dominates the National League and that's what got them on this winning streak? Or do you guys feel that the Rays are truly back and they're the team that we saw last year in the World Series, you know, they weren't the one-hit wonder that, you know, they had a slow start and they're putting it together, or do you say that this was just a hot streak that's going to go by the wayside? Uh, I put them in probably somewhere in the middle of what you described. I don't think they're as good as the the World Series uh, team that they were last year. However, I certainly think they were better than they they played uh, earlier before they got involved with interleague. Uh, they're kind of a complete team. I mean, they, they have power, they have speed. Uh, uh, that shortstops really having a big year, and they're very tough at home. And um, uh, you know that that really like the left side of their infield. Uh, I think they're a pretty complete team of some of their. Young guys, uh, I guess they they send Sonestine to the minors. You know, some of these guys need to step up the the, the back end of the rotation. But um, th- to me, they're 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 legitimate, and, and they've been doing it without their you know their stud. Uh, you know, Casimir has not been the dominant pitcher that he you know that he was last year. You know, Shields and you know Garza are capable pitchers. You know, it's you know are they going to stay hot and you know carry the team? Um, they're interesting. They can't win on the road. They've had trouble on the road this season. If they get that road record improved and they continue to play well at home, you know, they could hang around, make a run at the wild card. I don't see them over, you know, that they're going to be able to go the distance with Boston. Uh, what's your thoughts, VR? No, I, I think they are the team that should snag the wild card. Absolutely. And I think, <laughs> excuse me. Um, them coming out slow out of the gate, I think that was a hangover from last year. Getting to the World Series, losing, and remember they were a young team and still are. Um, but their management is just great. I mean, let's tell it like it is. He's done a fantastic job. Um, so I think this team offensively is as good as they were last year. Um, the numbers don't lie. They're number one in runs in the league, number two in batting average, number one in like on base percentage. Only in homers, they're fourth, where I believe they were first. So I mean, they're still getting it done. Um, they're great on the base paths, number one in stolen bases. I think the difference between this year's team and last year's team is defense. You just can't replicate that kind of year last year if you remember last year I mean they they were breaking all kind of defensive records it was just ridiculous um the defensive play they had so even when their pitching was a little shaky defense made up for it and defense is something a lot of betters overlook in baseball but um I think this team is on the up in the second half and uh, I really think this team should snatch the, the wild card from the hands of the Yankees. One strong indicator about pitching and defense, 
They've gone five straight games where they have not given up three runs or more. I mean, they're, they're, you know, we're looking at you know two games of four-one uh, victories, a five-two victory, a three-two victory. I mean, the, this team's pitching well. They didn't beat up on basement teams either. I mean, they got on their their run against the Mets, the Phillies. Florida, Toronto. So it's not like, you know, they got lucky and they had a 10-game a homestand against the, the bottom dwellers of, of each division. Well, still part of my uh, intense dislike for, for interleague play is it can skew teams' records. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. not a case where this interleague where every team plays every team from each from all the American League teams play all the National League teams. Right. No. The Yankees got fat playing a decimated Mets team. Right. Uh, some of these teams get to play the Nationals. Right. It's not like it's it's all who you play, and it's skewed because uh, you know, I don't think it's fair. You know, just because these have crosstown rivalries, it, to me, it should be like the NFL. They're staggered to play each team in a certain year. And, right. A good good point. Uh, you know, and in VR, good point with you. I mean, two of the three series that they had there, uh, Tampa Bay played. You know. Good team. I, yeah, mean, I was forget betting the, forget them. That's the Mets. why I know. I, mean, I was the, betting the Mets them. I had confidence in them. But they, they played, you know, Florida, who's been playing much better. They played Philadelphia, who, you know, is a team that I think, you know, at the end of the season is going to come out of the National League East as the, the champion. And the series before that, they played the hottest team in baseball, which was Colorado. Exactly, Marco. And I'll, you know me, I, I handicap baseball by numbers, sheer numbers, bottom line. And, and I bet Tampa a lot during this win streak because the numbers – were strong. They, I mean, I knew they was for real. I, I didn't think these wins were a fluke. If anything, I thought they were coming around, and the odds maker didn't even catch on until they had already gotten three, four series ahead. In uh, moving on in this series, uh, Stephen, we were talking about. You sent me an email, uh, an interesting concept that you wanted to talk about with baseball and the lineups and these guys holding people out and what's the true value of the starting pitchers these days. And we kind of had a pretty good conversation involving a game yesterday. Now, we're taping on Wednesday, and I'll let you set the table, and then uh, we'll see if we can beat you up on it. Well, one specific example that kind of fell through the cracks was last night, uh, Tuesday night, uh, the Mets were at the Brewers, and the pitching matchup was Santana against Mike Burns, and Santana was closed maybe around a dollar forty, dollar forty-five favored. Before the game, Jerry Manuel, the Mets' idiot manager, said that he was going to rest David Wright and Gary Sheffield for the next day today, Wednesday, because they had a day game. They lost the game. Meanwhile, the overnights come out, and Gallardo, the Brewers, by far their best pitcher, but he's overpriced. He's well, he's over two dollars, based probably on that information. So uh, personally, I, I like the the Brewers on on the run line. Uh, I'm not going to lay two fifteen, but I, I will lay a pick them and give up an extra run. Hope they win by two or more. With that, uh, with that information that, that you couple Wright being out, Sheffield perhaps sitting out too with no Beltran, Reyes, and um, Delgado, the Mets have nothing. Jerry Manuel changes his mind uh, this morning. Information comes out, oh, yes, I am going to start David Wright after all. So that time it kind of bit you. But if you can get that information ahead of time, you can maybe 
get some edge on these overnights because um, sometimes the, the bookmakers maybe they're not up on that information. They're, you know, they're not. You know, they're they're booking. You know, they're taking bets. They're not sitting home on the internet or talking to people reading this information. So that's the so-called inside information that you can come and, up with. And you can watch for the lineups late as well and act, you know, quickly when there's lineup changes. And actually in the pregame forums, um, the last couple of days, one of our posters, Apathy Next, he has been putting up some lineup information um, fairly yeah, yeah, early. Yeah, looking at that. And it's, it's been good stuff where you're getting some lineup changes where if you – Act quickly, you can get in front of some of these numbers and, you know, embed accordingly. But uh, the conversation that me and you were having, Stephen, is where do you put the value on these starting pitchers? And, and yesterday, you know, and I said to you, and I know you had a play on, on the Mets, so I'm not beating you, your play there. I deserve to be beat up <laughs> considering they had no lineup behind Santana. But, but uh, this is the thing that, you know, there's been such an old adage, and this goes back, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years, VR, and there's just such a big, you know, emphasis placed on the starting pitcher in the game with with the line. And you got Santana on the road last night. Granted, Santana versus Bush, you put those two guys together. Burns, or Burns, Burns I'm yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. Burns. It's a mismatch on paper. I agree with you 100%. And they're setting these numbers based solely on the starting pitchers. But you got a lineup that's decimated with injuries. I mean, really, right now you're on the road. <laughs> you're on the you're on the road. The Mets lineup is you know basically just a step above a Triple A ball club, right? You know, on some of the lineups they're putting on the field. In why pay a premium with the name pitchers? You know, you're paying us such a big tariff. What do you think, VR? I couldn't agree with you more, Marco, and that's where I've done most of my damage. Um, the last three, four years especially, I've given less emphasis to starting pitching, and my results have been better. So it shows me that the game of baseball is changing, and all that talk about middle relief, setup men, closers, how the bullpen is so huge now, how how that's the key for GMs. I think that's true. I mean, it, it's being proven to me year in and year out now by wagering. And um, I think there is too much stock put into these starting pitchers. And most of the, the, the betting public looks at that immediately mm-hmm. and, and already makes up their mind based on that pitcher if, if they're going to bet the game whether the and before they factor in everything else i mean back in the day they used to say starting pitching should be about factoring about 55 percent of your line uh 25 percent of your line should be based on bullpen and 20 percent should be based on offense um they didn't even account for defense back in the day i think now a starting pitcher for me at least is about 40 percent of my equation at the most so that's why i've been able to find a lot of value um in baseball and not even excuse me not even looking at 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 dogs just looking at these small favorites i call it small ball baseball them little 120s minus 130s where these pitchers to me, their numbers are so strong, but their eight and seven record isn't to the better. The Daniel Negrano of uh, baseball. He likes to play small ball. Poker. It's small ball baseball. No. I call it, baby. Bet minus one twenties, minus one thirties. I know that I could hit higher than sixty percent, so I could lay that price and turn a profit. I'm hitting it like sixty four percent. 
over the uh, course now, of I, two months in baseball. I, I don't mind laying small favorites. Um, however, I respectfully disagree with you, VR, even watered-down lineups. If you say starting pitching is only 40% of the handicap, all right, maybe 80%, which is it, which it is usually for me, is too high. I might concede that, but I'm only going to go down 75 70%. See, but how many innings is a starter going to – how many innings is the average starter going to get in for you? I Five usually, and a half? No, no, no. I usually back a good starter, so I, I expect a quality start. So I'm looking at seven innings. No way in today's baseball. Who goes seven innings? Quality find, starters find go seven innings. Find me three guys in baseball right now averaging seven innings. Three guys in all American League and National League. I'll be the moderator. No chance, I think dude. the I think the old school numbers were eighty percent on the starting pitch. Because they went seven innings. I I think now that it's gotta be sixty to sixty five percent is they go five and a half, brother. They go five and a half innings. I, I still Come on, the, 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 the elite pitchers go five innings. That's That's it. Six five seven. and a half. I'll, nah, have, I'll nah, have numbers for next week's podcast. On the that average thing. pitcher's going. I, I deem a quality start. When I look for a quality start with a pitcher is he's got to go six innings and give up three runs or less. That's what, that's my measure of a quality start when I'm no, looking and, at a pitcher. And I agree. I, I respect what Steve's saying. You find them good pitchers, you have to handicap differently. And, and I do. When I see a, a Lee on the mound or, you know, when you see a, a – a stud on the mound, a ham on the mound. Sure, I have to anticipate he's going to be in six and a half innings, you know, instead of the average five and a half that I think most are, you know. So it, I give more there. That emphasis might go up to sixty percent that day, but it has to come. It has to be what pitcher we're talking about. I'll tell you what, this will be a good thing. We'll get started in the forums. I want you guys to come in and, and you know, respond to this topic uh, when we put this thread up. Yeah. And, you I know, what you, what, what, you, what you think, think the think. average start is. I think it's, you're going to find that uh, it's going to be more between that six and seven innings. I, it, it, I was way off with, not to, just because, and I, the guys listening, Stu especially, <laughs> I was way off and I didn't even go back to admit it again. <laughs> I watched the Nate Diaz fight again last Saturday night. Uh-oh. He got his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching it with like 10 of my boys that were here for the bachelor party because we couldn't score tickets to go yeah. to the Pearl and watch it, uh-huh. and we're all cheering him in, and I'm hearing them, oh, he's kicking his ass, yeah. all this jujitsu. Uh-huh. Dude, when I saw it again by myself, I'm like, what was I thinking going into the forum writing? I think they should have gave him the decision. And, and somehow I, I, don't, I don't think you I were inebriated when you watched it the second time. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, I, I think one of the good things about a podcast is we need the interaction with the posting form yeah we can bring up topics we can have a, a real interactive relationship i would like to see in the pregame forums more theory discussed like mm-hmm. just what we talked about maybe i'm wrong maybe vr's wrong you know maybe marco's wrong we, there's a lot of sharp people in this forum i'd like to hear and, that's their forum that's funny not that no but you, what you i don't are wrong because you're winning you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you've turned profit in baseball. I've seen your numbers but year in and year still, out since I moved here in 95. I, I lost, though, last night on Santana, backing him as a thirty-five dog. And it wasn't one of these in the mixes. It was a wrong play on my part. 
I always want to study. When I have a loser, I want to go into it, and I try to self-analyze, and I'm open to, to people that might want to help me and, and have their own take on this. What I don't like to see, and maybe I'm getting off on a tangent, and maybe this is going to be popular with, no, our, with RJ, is I don't want to see games of the year. You know, everybody throwing out their game of the year. I'd like to see theory here talked about. We have a lot of sharp people here, and we can really have a build a really great community with a lot of intellectual um, information that Dude, can help I've everybody. Got, gained so much respect for the average sports better honestly i i'm not gonna lie and i was wrong thinking this way it was just a prejudice because i went from being a bookmaker straight to moving for wise guys so i thought the world was square you mm-hmm. know it was us and everyone else we mm-hmm. were one percent 99 percent were square i'm so impressed by some of the people in the forum and to think that these people have you know, eight-hour jobs and families yeah. and still yeah. come up with this sharp information. Yeah. Like, I could just imagine if some of them did what I did where they just put their their, their time and their soul into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they could make a living betting sports. They're really sharp, man. Well, I, in wrapping up this first, I think this was an excellent uh, first segment. We talked a lot of theory. Um, we actually, you know, I've made uh, two bets here for you guys that <laughs> I'm making uh, – with the uh, L.A. Angels, I'm going to play for one unit on a future bet, and I'm going to play the uh, Boston Red Sox for two units on, like on a future like bet. Um, and we talked some theory about pitchers, and I think what we can take away from this is this is what I'm reading from it. And there was another example last night of an overinflated line. And, again, it's always easy to handicap after the fact. I mean, 2020, you know, hindsight is great. But if you can look at that objectively and, and take note from it what i'm taking from the other instance was the st louis cardinals are having trouble scoring runs right now how can you take it doesn't matter if Once god if god's on pitch the around pool holes it's you, over right Once you, you got carpenter that, he was laying 200 last night on a team that cannot score runs how many times have you seen games where your starting stud you know, wasn't the case last night, but might go that seven innings, or in VR's case, five and a half, <laughs> and and, and nice. go you know Lots and leave the game and two two, and and then you're laying two to one on the bullpens. Yeah, you know you got you got to look at all the factors when you're when you're laying a number and a price. Do you have the offense to cover it? You know, you know because you pitcher a pitcher can pitch a shutout. And if you don't score a run, you still can't win the game. You know, well, there, there was that's a very interesting game you brought up. I know you want to wrap this up, so I'll keep this short. But in that specific game, Carpenter was a two dollar favorite. There's no way, for the reasons you mentioned, you can lay two dollars. So your options are either the Giants at a you know plus one eighty whatever price, very nice price. But you're asking them to to win the game. They're not the greatest hitters either. Um, or and this is the way I played it, was taking the run and a half with the total was only seven. Mm-hmm. So Randy Johnson-Chris Carpenter matchup. Can you imagine taking plus one and a half runs with a total of seven? I thought there was tremendous value. As it turned out, the Giants won the game, so I got less of a payout. But uh, still, I, I think on those type of situations, and, and this is, a I know, a down the road maybe discussion on run lines, but taking one and a half with a total of seven correlated with the total. You know, actually, I think, you know, for next week's podcast – because it's going to be all you know our all-star break and everything next week. We're going to talk about run lines because there's 
you're on. There's people that are on so far opposite ends of the fence with run lines. Yeah, they are. And, and it is. And, and I'm Wise gonna tell you right now. I can tell you right now. In this room, there's three of us talking right now, yeah. and we have different opinions. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and we we'll do. talk that one at great length uh, next week because I, I really it is a topic in itself, and and that's gonna be in. Being the fact that we're saying this ahead of time, if you guys want to get some uh, thoughts going in the forums, respond to it and you know tell us about that, and we'll have ammunition ready for next week because that is an entire podcast, betting run lines in baseball. Yeah. Good, good point, Stephen. Okay, that wraps up the first segment. Again, absolutely excellent, guys. Um, we're going to be back in a moment. This is Marco D'Angelo, your host, along with Vegas Runner and Stephen Nover for the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. We'll be right back. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Marco D'Angelo, your host, along with Vegas Runner and Steven Nover. This is our second and final segment of the show. We had a lengthy first segment, and in the second segment, uh, we've started a, a new feature here. Our, our buddy Steven uh, <laughs> came up with this, and uh, you know, last week he went off and well, this week it is my turn. I'm grabbing the mic. You guys can wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> Last night, uh, you know, I, I started to have, you know, in Vegas, you know, it's great. You know, I was having the absolute perfect evening in Las Vegas. I went to dinner at the M, nice Italian restaurant with my fiance, chili and sea bass for dinner. Oh. Excellent. Get done with dinner. She says, what do you want to do? You know, she want to play some cards for a while. I say, you know, that's a good idea. Let's go play poker. And she's trying to learn the game. So she's sitting behind me. I'm, I'm playing cards and joint. I look up at the TVs in the M poker room. Texas goes final. Winner number one. You had him too? I had Texas last night. Then game number two, the Yankees were just tied at 5-5. But they go up 8-5, score three in the bottom of the eighth. I got the Yankees minus one and a half runs. We're good there. And the TV that was behind me at the poker room, I had to keep turning around to see it, is where they had the Boston game on. Well, Boston was up 10-1. That was my third and final game of the night, which was actually my massacre play for the day. I'm staring down the barrel of a 3-0 sweep, a great dinner. I'm playing poker in Vegas. Does life get don't, any? I was just, dude, you took the words out of my uh, mouth. I was ready to say life don't get better. Than life that. doesn't get any better than that, wow. does it? No. What happens? Five runs in the seventh. You know, in the Boston game, they go to the eighth. We've got one of the best closers in in baseball, in Papelbon. They finally bring him in after it gets tight. Gets the two outs. I'm gonna dodge the bullet. And no, a line shot into the gap, two run, two out, double. I am now losing eleven to ten after winning ten to one, and I have the evidence of why you don't have something in your hand when you are watching a baseball game. Because I slammed my phone that I've only had for like five six months, and it's a touch screen. And I can't touch the screen anymore, folks, because it is broken. VR and Steven can uh, yeah, verify it. Uh, not, a, not a good ending to a perfect night. That is my rant for today. Well, I think repair shops all over Las Vegas are taking in stuff from <laughs> people that there's a long, long line behind you, Marco, that wants to rant on this game. Uh, the most frustrating thing is I, too, was on the Red Sox, and I know a lot of sharp guys were on the Red Sox, too. 
this is from our earlier discussion, the, the starting pitching matchup, Smoltz making his second start, the rust is off, going against Rich Hill, who for some reason, maybe one out of every six games, he comes in with a, 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 a nice gem. A gems. <laughs> yeah. So he's fooled the odds makers. It's a short line. After four innings, it's 9-1. to one. Smoltz is coasting. Rich Hill is, you know, sayonara. Rain. Rain. Now, again, no excuse for blowing a 9-1 lead, but, you know, this game is over. But then the rain comes, new things come in play. Uh, I feel your pain, Marco, because I, I was on the Red Sox, too. I, I really feel your pain. M- my rant, though, this week, since Marco grabbed my number one rant, uh, I'm sure it was probably your number one rant, too, VR, but um, I- I'm going to switch over and, and talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. They have three of the youngest and best players in the game, and Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun, and, and Gallardo, their, their, their pitcher. They, they don't win much because they're a, a very stupid team, and I, I attribute it to, to four players, and my pet peeve concerns these four players. Catcher Jason Kendall, shortstop J.J. Hardy, right fielder Corey Hart, and center fielder Mike Cameron. Now, in their defense, all four are very good defensive players, um, especially Hardy and the two outfielders. However, these four players are losers. They do nothing to help you win. They are tremendously offensively challenged, special, especially Kendall. Kendall, to me, I don't know how they play him 140 games with that weak of a bat. It's like um, a slow-pitch softball when you see a lady coming up you know, in a mixed league. You all move the outfielders in. <laughs> That's the way it's like with, with Jason Kendall. But he does not frustrate me as much as, as Mike Cameron. You have a Brewer runner on second, Ryan Braun probably. Uh, There's one out. Guaranteed Mike Cameron will do one of two things. He will either strike out or hit a ground ball to shortstop. Corey Hart with a 3-1 count and a runner on base and the pitcher wild. He just walked a batter or walked two batters. 3-1 count on Corey Hart with a pitch just off the corner. Guaranteed he'll swing. These guys... Corey Hart, it's a joke that he ever was put on the all-star team. These guys are losing ball players. When you play the Brewers, you got to put up with their shenanigans. Very frustrating. That's my rant. Well, you know, the Jason Kendall one, I mean, he is what he is. I think that you've got to – I mean, I got to see Jason Kendall for many years in Pittsburgh at the beginning of his career, and honestly uh, – He was he, good then. Oh, he, he was, yep. he was yeah, never he was. he was never the same after that, the accident, mm-hmm. the injury at first base with the uh, – ankle uh that was one of the ugliest uh, yeah 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 i remember that that one but he is what he is great at he is a great defensive catcher and he is very good handling young pitchers um you know well, it doesn't seem to do much good for manny para and uh, some of these other guys I, I grant you though i do think he's a good defensive catcher and he handles pitchers well but it's ridiculous for them to play him you know 140 145 games out of the year he's at the backside of his career there's no That's question put very nicely <laughs> well you know I'm at the backside of my career too. So, all right, now we're going to go to VR. And and uh, you guys, I, I got to set the stage. Okay, the guy. This is the nation's number one winning money winner. Money winner at Major the Sports Monitor. Okay, he's sitting here at the table. Okay, one hand on the mic. 
The other hand is he's got a frozen water bottle. You know, he can he always, nowhere will he go in Las Vegas without a water bottle. Always. Okay, always smart water. Okay, he's, they should he, give me a, a we, contract. We got to get you an endorsement. But he's sitting here with his ribs and, and he's holding the water bottle on his ribs because they hurt. And you the know, only he, thing missing is tape, and I'd look like Kellen Winslow that year with the Dolphins <laughs> carrying him off, carrying yeah. him off the field at the end of the <laughs> the overtime. This you on. know. <laughs> Here's here's the thing, your rib cage, okay, and you know you're a little older now, so you're yeah, starting start, a little, a little you're, heavy. You're getting in the a little, middle. little little something am, in the I middle, am, and when you try to do this move, put your arm over your shoulder <laughs> and try to pat your back. You're you're pulling on the rib cage, sir. That's okay, what it is. We know you're number one. They're okay, not healing. We're, we're going to let everybody know. Okay, They're not healing. Well, man. quit patting yourself on your back and pulling the cartilage there. Okay. <laughs> You know, and if you think your ribs are hurting now, wait, wait till you get a bad beat tomorrow at the M. You know? I can't and, wait. And we're, and, can't and we're, wait. we're coming at you. I'm there. I'm there. I'm all you over. Know, if you're not there, I'm, I'm going to tell there, you I'm what, there, right there. now, if you're not there, I'm coming to your house yeah, when yeah, I'm yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm coming to your house and I'm going to be there. I'm there. Six o'clock it starts. Six I'll be there at 530. And, uh, I'm all over. Well, we'd put odds up on you. Mark will put odds up. I think he put it like five to one. But that wasn't for you finishing the money. Nah. That was for you showing up. No, I'll be there. I will. I will. I haven't, you know, I haven't been there yet. I haven't been to the M. I've driven by it. Um, but I haven't been in. You know, I haven't noticed. You know, Stephen brought it to my attention. I've gone to the M. I heard it so awesome. many times. I want to see in, the sports book, really and I bad. never noticed that the cocktail waitresses there aren't too bad looking. But I'm always yeah, right. We're gonna believe that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always the new casinos get the hot shit. Just, just bring some napkins to clean up Markle's drool when you would just uh, and they walk always, by. Always. All right, guys. Hey, let's get into this. Uh, I got for you here, uh, you know, this is the section that uh, we give away RJ's money. And, uh, you know, that's my favorite thing is to do. And uh, it's uh, 4th of July weekend. So hopefully you guys will be watching some fireworks. So we're going to make the coupon this week, Fireworks 10. Fireworks in the number 10. And you're going to get $10 off uh, your purchase. Just go to the shopping cart. Load up whatever you want to buy, and when you get to the shopping cart section, you'll see where you can add the coupon code, and that'll get you $10 off. Now, normally we give you guys free picks in this segment, and because we're at a time of the year where you got to you know, project in advance, and it's kind of tough with uh, the pitching matchups and everything, um, we've decided not to give you know straight out picks and we only have a couple weeks till we get to you know football exactly you know, and we action. have a schedule of we'll have preseason games and we'll be able to give you something for the preseason for the futures, weekend and that even futures, futures and i'm actually so that you know we don't leave you guys with nothing here and we've given a lot of good theory yeah, on, on this podcast Please. today um i gave you two future bets for baseball i'm gonna give the initial future bet for football and uh uh, being at the M this week, they they're putting out all of the. Uh, they actually, I don't know if you you picked one up, Stephen, the other night. They have you can they have lines on the entire seventeen week NFL schedule already. Huh? Yeah, you can you can bet a line. You know, no. I heard How, and I heard you're willing to take like a nickel or a dime on it too. To me, it it's, it's it's crazy. Sometimes they put little things like that, and they take like well, two dollars. You know? I've interviewed Lou D'Amico in the past. He's the head of the M, and he's done that before at some of his other properties. He was at the old Union Plaza, and he did that. And I asked him, I says, "Are you crazy? You know, putting out numbers for that?" And he says, "Oh, he says that way. You know, the tourists come in, they get a chance to to bet their teams." He said, um, "Yeah, we're guessing, but so are the betters." 
I mean, you're, you're doing it's that. True. You're guessing. And based on power ra- uh, ratings, except for weather, injuries, other intangibles, you know, they're going to be in the ballpark w- with a lot of the games, half of the games at least. So uh, for the limits they give and the kind of people that bet into them, you know, I yeah, think it's I mean, worth it's it not like It's not like college. How big yeah. of an NFL road favorite is there ever going to exactly, be? You exactly. Know, Where in college you saw, like, Sometimes two touchdown differences between their future line and, and what the line was Saturday game day. Well, we'll see, we'll see if it plays out. But I, I have heard when the M, you know, first opened, and again, the M's, you know, like it's a nine minute drive for me to get to the M from my house. And uh, so I'm hanging That's out like there. like 40 for me. Oh, this guy, he can play. They, oh, like, they can't find a tournament that isn't in California. You, you they, guys they, did this. <laughs> what's wrong with this thread? You guys, the, it's amazing. Yeah. The guys, that live here. RJ's the same way. If he's got to drive more than two miles, it's like he's going across country. Yeah, these oh guys live over on the east side, way on the east side. I live way on the west side. Oh We're on God. different ends of the world. Anyways, the people at the M, when they first opened, their motto, and I want to see if they continue to back it, is with the sports book, their thing is they said, if you want to gamble, so will we. And you know they're going to take larger um, you know amounts uh, I love that attitude. You know, in it, you know, it's good. I mean, it. This is a uh, a group that you know they were the original people that had the Rio, and you know, back in the. I mean, the Rio is what it is now, and it, it's become you know very commercial once Harris took it yeah, over. Of course. But when Rio opened up, I mean, that place catered to the to the locals. It was a first rate, you know, hotel and a resort. And the M is the old Rio to me. Yes. And, yeah, it's a good point, and. and uh, the Reels never really had a real strong sports book. Uh, where the M, they'll uh, they'll take a, a dime on overnight sides. Very few uh, casinos, sports books, any gambling operation nowadays is is willing to take any risk, man. You know that that's just sad how it is. But I heard good things about the M. You know, no more of that. If you bring it, you could bet it. You know, back in the day, that's how it was. Whatever you're willing to bring, they'll bet, they'll book, but not now. And, and I like, I mean, again, I, you know, we talk poker a lot in here too, but I, I like the poker room where it's set up. It's set right adjacent to the sports book. So if you happen to be on one of the outer tables, or I should say, as soon as you walk into the poker room, you can see all of the screens in the sports book. And if you're on an inner table, they, you know, they have, you know, TVs, you know, right there for you as well. But it's nice if you're And on. they have the in-game betting is what's big. They have yeah. in-game NASCAR, tennis, golf, everything, man. So if, if you get to Vegas, check out the M. And if you're in town Thursday night, check out the destruction of Vegas Renner <laughs> at the M. Uh, the future bet I'm going to give you guys, I'm looking at – the San Diego Chargers and last, they I like making these win totals for the number of wins and last year I, I made like three or four of them I did post on in the forums and I'm going to start to do my blogs here in the next month as we break down teams and I did very well with these win totals in the San Diego Chargers they have the number and again I'm quoting this from the M um, they're plus 105 to take the over 10 wins and I'm going to go over 10 wins with the San Diego Chargers, and, and here's why. The Chargers last year, they were a major disappointment the first half of the season. Totally 
you know, underachieved. The defense was horrible last year, and, and the defense had been one of their better, you know, strong suits in years past. But last year let them down. They had a lot of injuries. LT wasn't a hundred percent at the beginning of the year. It got better as the season went on. Um, this team came on with a flurry at the end of the season. They're coming into this season for the first time with all of the key components happy and healthy. You know, they've had some contract disputes in recent years and that everybody is happy and healthy. And they play in the AFC West. You got the Raiders, non-factor. You got the Chiefs, you know, on the upswing, but still, still, you know, a far way to go. And then you got the only team that was the, the team that, you know, had any talent was the Denver Broncos who got rid of their quarterback. So where are the Broncos going to be this year? I think really, you know, this team, you know, they're going to rip through the AFC West, and if they go 500 out of conference, we've got an easy 10-win season. And I'm making a wager, future, well, I already did, a future wager on San Diego over 10 uh, wins. You guys have any thoughts? I, I like that play. Actually, I was disappointed with San Diego last year. Um, and I think that's a, a great spot for them to bounce back and, and have a really big year because, you know, they got that, that core players are still there from them the years when they were championship runs. So I think that's a good bet. I think it's good, Marco, and it's especially good that you're pointing it out now because when I think it gets closer to football season, yeah. they're going to be a bet on team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could very well go 6-0 and in division. Uh, Gates should be healthy. wasn't healthy last year, but the biggest key for them is Merriman. He is a monster, yeah. and he's you know he didn't play last year. You got to think he's going to be healthy this year. So I think they're going to be a huge public team. I think they are going to generate a lot of future support, and, and they're probably going to get hit on on those uh, over under regular season win totals. So putting that out now, I think is a, a real good sharp play. Okay, guys, you got any closing thoughts for uh, this week's uh, podcast? Uh, no, just uh, wish everyone a, a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Spend time with the family. And uh, we'll be here next week. Absolutely. Steven, anything from you? No, I couldn't say it any better than VR. About all I can add is if Mike Cameron comes on base, comes up to bat with somebody on base, just good bathroom break or good time to grab a beer. And if you want to follow the number one Major League Baseball money winner <laughs> uh, at the Sports Monitor, you could just check me out on pregame.com. <laughs> okay. Well, my uh, closing thought is if you are watching a game and it starts to turn <laughs> ugly, Take everything that's out of your hands and set it down. Touch screen phone. (laughs) And and, and just sit on your hands and watch the game end because I got to go to the uh, Verizon store and, you know, shell out another $400 for a phone today. So, uh, you know, not only did I lose the bet, now, you know, now I got to go buy a new phone. So, all right, guys, uh, that was a great podcast. Thanks for being with us again. This is. The Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo. We'll be back next week with my cast of characters, VR and Steven Nover. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next week.